The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. And uh, those of you who are accustomed to listening to our program, um, you haven't heard uh, of me or from me, I should say, for a while. Um, it's been a uh, challenging year in many regards for our, uh, my family and I, our ministry. Um, some of you remember that we lost our, our baby in a miscarriage earlier this year. My daughter had surgery in July. And then um, if you haven't followed us, um, I had a little bit of an accident. I mm-hmm. fell off a ladder and, and dislocated uh, both my shoulders and I've been in recovery mode. So it's been very challenging to record. Uh, it, was, it was painful to sit. But by the grace of God, uh, we're back and I'm back here uh, recording for the first time in weeks. And it's exciting. So thank you for uh, listening. And I pray that you will pass the word along to those uh, who were listening to us that we're back and we're uh, in the saddle, and we want to bring these these shows to you um, again. So, just want to r- remind you that not only uh, is this on our website, but uh, it will be also on worldviewweekend.com. Uh, their their broadcast with Brandon House as well. But but if you uh, are listening to it from our website at tillproject.com, remember that you can subscribe on iTunes. If you happen to be on iTunes, you can subscribe and it will automatically notify you when we upload our shows. Well, today, uh, as we come back into the saddle, uh, we're grateful for the Lord's uh, grace and mercy. I have a guest with me that I'll introduce to you in a few minutes, uh, Pastor Mark Loriamini, who is from Iran. He is a brother in the Lord. He is also a former Muslim from Iran, so we have that in common. We both were born in Iran. Uh, We both came to Christ. He came to Christ in 1993. Of course, I came to Christ in 1999. Uh, The Lord has done an incredible work through him and his wife and their ministry. We've had him on before. We just had him speak at our church. By the way, if you want to listen to his testimony, go to our church website, truthandlovechurch.com truthandlovechurch.com, and under the media tab, you can go to our archives and watch the live stream. We were live streaming uh, last night at church, and it was such a blessing to have Pastor Mark there to share his powerful testimony of how the Lord brought him out of the darkness of Islam, actually in Saudi Arabia. He was in Saudi Arabia for the Hajj, the pilgrimage, uh, as a devout Muslim when uh, it was revealed to him that Islam is not the true religion, and Allah is not the true God, and I'll have him uh, comment on that in a minute. But folks, what I want to just touch base with Pastor Mark today is we're going to talk about the importance, um, the criticalness really of, of evangelism. I believe that in the church we have really lost what evangelism is. I believe that in the church we have really lost what the true gospel is. I do believe that many churches are now preaching another gospel as uh, was was uh, warned to us by the Apostle Paul uh, that it is a social gospel now. Uh, it is a gospel that is... Um, that is about uh, emotions and feelings and not wanting to offend people. And 
Uh, we're going to talk today about the true gospel and the impact of that gospel. And there's a couple of stories that I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to share. But the other thing that we're going to address today is a question, Pastor Mark, that comes up often, um, that I get asked often as well. And I'm sure you've, you've seen it too, where uh, we are told that when we talk about Islam and our backstory of coming from a Muslim background, that the Islam that we see in the world, Islam that promotes terrorism uh, and violence and uh, oppression, uh, bigotry, uh, and particularly uh, violence and oppression against the people of the book, that is Jews and Christians, that this Islam is a radical version of Islam. It is a uh, version that is not consistent with the, the message of the Quran, the message of Muhammad, the message of Muslims. And particularly, I'm going to reference uh, a program uh, that Janet Medford, who Janet Medford, uh, I, I uh, like her ministry. I, um, in fact, last year, Pastor Mark, when we were dealing with the situation of James White and the whole aspect of interfaith dialogue, Janet was one of those people that was very outspoken uh, against James White and standing very faithfully on the issue of interfaith dialogue. But recently she had a guest on her show named Skip Heitzig, who is a Calvary Chapel pastor uh, who was part of a delegation of Christians uh, who were invited to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. And the report that he gave on Janet Mefford's show was very troubling. Uh, because it was, uh, first of all, it was factually incorrect in many ways, a different aspect of what he was talking about with Islam or Saudi Arabia, but it was um, deeply disturbing in the sense of how much he took the uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam, uh, uh, at face value, uh, believing what he said, that, that uh, Saudi Arabia is trying to reform Islam. Now, amazing, we know Saudi Arabia is the birthplace of Islam. Again, you went there. You went there for Hajj. So let me first bring you on board, and, and Pastor Mark, thank you for joining us today. And um, briefly, just briefly, can you share the portion of your testimony that as a devout Muslim, when you went to Mecca for the Hajj, what happened there? And if our listeners are not used to or have not heard your testimony. First of all, thank you so much, Pastor, that uh, you invited me and gave me this opportunity. As you mentioned, as a young man, when I went to Mecca, uh, left my pregnant wife with first child over there uh, because I thought I'm going to go and, uh, you know, worshiping God that I thought he is. Mm -hmm. But over there, as my prayer done, another leader of the mosque, an imam, top on my shoulder said, uh, are you married? Uh, I said, why? He said, are you married? I said, yes, my wife back there in Iran. He said, wait a minute, I have to bring a book for you. And he brought mm -hmm. a hadith mm -hmm. and started to read it for me that you have to pay the penalty. I said, why? He said, because you, your prayer was not 100% right in Arabic accent. Mm. I am Persian. Mm. My language is Farsi. Mm -hmm. I learned Arabic to practice Islamic faith, and not only for prayer, because I was uh, studying Islam, <laughs> and I was a leader <laughs> of Islam in my university. Right. But the problem is, when he read it, he said, you have to divorce your wife. Wow. 
I look at this man, I said, thank you. You opened the eyes of my heart. I was waiting for my wife for 12 years, right. writing letter, letter, letters. Finally, we got married. We have one son, she's pregnant. Now I have to divorce her hmm. because this God doesn't recognize or doesn't accept my accent. It should be in Arabic at first. This is the first problem. Why should it be in Arabic? Right. But I did it. Now I have to pay the penalty and divorce her. Wow. I said, wow. no, thank you so much. This is not God. Wow. So let me just, let me just uh, uh, recap so that if you guys, because again, you have to hear Pastor Mark's entire testimony to really appreciate what he just said. And that he was raised in a devout Muslim family. His father was an imam. Uh, of the mosque across the street. He was being trained to be an imam. So he was studying the Quran. He was praying. He was fasting. He was as as devout as one could get. Exactly. Uh, in fact, your question as a young child was, how can I be even more devout so that I can make sure I go to heaven because Islam is works-based and not based on grace? Exactly. So now, uh, as you may know, Muslims, uh, if they're able to physically, must go to Mecca as one of the conditions of the five pillars of Islam and 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 uh, make a pilgrimage called Hajj, H-A-J-J, to Mecca. So Pastor Mark goes to Mecca, leaves his pregnant wife. And by the way, what you also don't know is that he met his wife when he was, uh, she was six? She was six, I was ten. And he was ten. So they met when they were children. He, he, he falls in love with her, but of course they're children. So he had to wait for... 12 years until she got to 18 <laughs> and he was uh, uh, 22 right. so they can get married. So he's waited all these years. His beautiful wife, he, he feels a blessing. And and now uh, they're expecting their first child. He goes to Mecca. No, no, she was already had a child. You're expecting your second child. Goes to Mecca. And as he's praying in Mecca, there's a, a corner of the building there called the Kaaba, that black uh well, it's not black, but it, there's a robe, there's, there's a cloth on it that is black, so it looks like a black building. And at that corner, as he's playing, uh, praying, that is called the Holy Corner of Abraham, Pastor Mark, as you're praying there, and again, I want the listeners to understand, you were born in Iran. Exactly. I was born in Iran. Right. So our birth language is Farsi, not Arabic. We are not Arabs. Yes. Okay, I understand maybe two or three Arabic words. That's it. <laughs> people ask me sometimes. Are you? Know, the, sometimes people come up to me and start speaking Arabic. I said, No, I'm not Arab. Stop, 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 stop. I'm not Arab. I'm Persian, and I speak Farsi. So, as Iranians who speak Farsi, and by the way, Persia was around way before Arabs ever came on the scene. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. Uh, uh, Pastor Mark, when he is practicing as a Muslim, and every Muslim who practices a Muslim, whether you're born into Islam or you're convert into Islam, you must pray in Arabic. When you do your daily prayers, the rakas, you must pray in Arabic. So I remember, Pastor Mark, as a child, I always used to ask my parents, I don't understand, why does this God only understand one language? This was troubling to me. That's but you learned Arabic. Yeah. You had to re recite Arabic. Now you're standing at this supposedly the holiest corner of Islam, and you pray. And this imam of this mosque heard you pray, taps you on the shoulder and says, I have a message for you. I think you were probably excited at first, no? Because yeah, exactly. you thought, I've gone to pilgrimage. But his message is, your accent of, of, of the Arabic pronunciation of the, of the 
prayers is wrong. Right. Wow. <laughs> and therefore, there's a punishment because you were not praying properly. Now, the punishment, according to the book that he brought, which is one of the hadiths, and this is a, 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 supposed to be the, the words of the prophet of Islam, right. Muhammad, is that you then must go divorce your wife. And I remember you always tell me, Sharam, there was two things. One, I thought, if Allah was God, He knew how long it took me to wait for my wife. <laughs> and two, if Allah is God and He's the Creator, then He should understand the language of those He created. Exactly. Not only Farsi language, He should understand English, Russian, Turkish, whatever. Whatever. Right Chinese, uh, 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 Spanish, uh, you know, Swahili, and Arabic. Because if Allah is the creator of the heavens and the earth, why if I pray in Farsi, doesn't He understand me? Why if I pray in English, doesn't He understand me? What kind of a God has that limited power right. that He can't understand? And right there, Pastor Mark, in the heart of Islam, you declare to that Imam that then Allah cannot be God. Exactly. That was the reason that only I stayed there and complete the rest. I left. Yes. Because I knew and I told, this is not God. This is not God. You went back home right. and you're, you knocked on the door. Your wife opened the door and she says, what are you doing home so early? Right. And you said to her, what did you say to her? I said, if you need a religious man, I will come in. Then you have to get out because I have to divorce, divorce you. you. Or forget about Islam. Wow. That I left Islam. Right. Everybody was cursing me. Allah is going to punish you. I said, he doesn't have any authority on me yes. because I recognize he is not God. Yes. Wow. Wow. And then again, folks, there's more to his testimony. If you uh, go to, again, our church website and listen to his testimony from this past Sunday, uh, November the 18th, uh, we have the, 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 the live stream archived titled uh, the, the Time of Decision for the Church. And you'll see Pastor Mark and hear the full aspect of his testimony. Uh, Pastor Mark, it is so important today that as we are, as I said at the beginning of the program, we are witnessing, I believe, a, a great compromise of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, especially when we have Muslims who are the most unreached people group. Uh, what concerns do you have? Maybe, maybe if you can share two or three concerns with us as you are uh, traveling. Well, folks, before I say that, let me explain what the ministry is. Because what God called this man and his wife to was to uh, launch a satellite and radio and internet ministry, predominantly satellite, that today reaches over 40 million uh, Farsi-speaking Muslims around the world, including in Iran, including in Afghanistan, including in Europe, including here in the U.S. The ministry is called Hayata Abadi. That's H-A-Y-A-T-E-A-B-A-D-I dot O-R-G. Hayata Abadi in Farsi means eternal life. So they are preaching the message of eternal life. By the way, if you go to our website at tiltproject.com, T-I-L-project.com, under the resource tab, if you go down, one, two, three, four, the fourth one down is the Hayat Abadi ministry. We have a link on there for the ministry. You can go and, and learn more about it. If you know any Farsi-speaking Muslims that need to know the Lord, encourage them to go to that website. Give them the link. There are so many resources on that website. 
that are just unbelievable, powerful resources to reach Muslims, uh, uh, Farsi-speaking Muslims for Christ and support this ministry, pray for this ministry. Pastor Mark, with this expanse that God has given you and every month you're getting calls coming into the ministry, I wish we had more programs. Uh, uh, we're going to have you back. And in fact, uh, soon, folks, uh, we are getting our studio ready here in the Spokane area. And we're going to be having uh, not just radio, but but uh, TV. We're going to have TV that we're going to record here. We're going to have Pastor Mark come back down the road here soon. And we're going to record a bunch of TV programs together. But what are two two or three things that you can share with us that maybe concern you for where we see the uh, where we see the outreach to Muslims uh, that we should be concerned about? Yeah. First of all, when I look at the Word of God, the Bible told me three hundred sixty six times, "Don't be afraid." Mm -hmm. So I encourage if you are a believer, if you are a Christian. And you love the Lord, you have to obey Him. Amen. You remember His word said, He wants obedience is more than sacrifice. Amen. So if we really love the Lord, we have to obey Him. So we have to follow what He told us to do. He said, go therefore and make all the nations, including Iranian. Including Iranian, yes. Right? yes. And make them my disciples. So, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, my concern is today, there is some problems to outreach to these Muslim people. Mm -hmm. First of all, many ministries that I know, and I talk to them, and I know their ministry, they start to compromise. Mm. They said, okay, we are not going to tell about that Jesus is the Son of God. Mm. We are not talking about the cross. Mm. Just let have a common word together. The right. The, so real quick, the common word uh, that that we've addressed uh, many many times, and folks, again, uh, the Trojan Horse of Interfaith DVD that we have addresses the common word problem. This is the the common word is the foundation of interfaith because the the premise is that there's a common word between Islam and Christianity, between the Bible and the Quran. Pastor Mark, but well, you mentioned something interesting. You said that that there. Um, teaching before the common word, they're teaching uh, the compromise uh, because they're afraid to tell Muslims that Jesus is the Son of God, right? Or that um, God is a Father, and and, and that folks, f in a technical term, we call that the problem of, of contextualization. Contextualization is when they they share the gospel to another culture, when they uh, translate the Bible. They decide, somebody, somebody sits in a room somewhere, I don't know by what authority, and they decide that they're going to change the meaning to make it contextual to the whatever people, group, right. or culture. So you're saying that they are changing, that they don't want to say Jesus is the Son of God. Why? Because in Islam, they said Jesus was only a prophet. Okay. A human. Human. And he's not the one who has... Divinity. Okay. He is not the child of the Son of God, the only Son of God. Wow. And because of that, they said Mary, mother of Jesus, and unfortunately, many Muslim people, even because of their lack of knowledge, even about their book, hmm. they told me, Hey, Mark, do you think that God, the Father that you said, Holy God, came to the earth, slept with Mary and Jesus? was born, 
How dear you are wow. that you said this is wow. Son of God. Because they don't understand what we are talking. If we go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, said in the beginning was the Word, and yes. the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God. And then we go later and say we became flesh. Yes. And John, John, uh, John, uh, chapter 1 of John, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Exactly. So you're saying that just to just to uh, uh, expound on this for our, for the listeners, you're saying that Muslims are taught falsely, and we have to correct them, but we're not correcting them. In fact, not only are we not correcting them, we're accommodating exactly. them exactly because they believe that uh, that we think as Christians that God the Father had physical sex, physical sex, sex with a woman with a with a human, and that the product of that sex was Jesus. They don't understand that we believe that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They don't recognize that we believe that the uh, conception of Jesus was divine and was only by Holy Spirit. God the Father never had physical sex with Mary. He, he, the Holy Spirit came upon her and planted in her supernaturally the seed because, and this is very important to understand if you haven't understood this part of theology, is that because the Bible says that the seed of sin comes from the seed of the man. Right. So Joseph, Mary's husband, could not have had physical sex with her. And then they had the baby because Jesus would have been born in sin. Right. The Bible says the Messiah had to be sinless. So it had to be a supernatural encounter. So the, the, the I'm getting into technical now. The egg of Mary is used. God used the egg of Mary but then he supernaturally implanted, implanted and, and now we have a divine uh, uh, pregnancy, right. but Muslims believe the lie. So instead of us in missions preparing to correct them and to say, I'm sorry, you, this is not what we believe. By the way, that's what happened in your testimony. The man that was sharing Christ with you here in America uh, asked you, what do you believe about Jesus? You said he was a prophet. He came, he died. That's it. Right? right? Exactly. And yet he gently told you in love, no, no, no. The Bible says we didn't make a man God. We, God became flesh right. and, and, and that Jesus is the Son of God. So not only we don't correct them, we're actually accommodating by saying, let's not put that in there. Let's not tell them that so we don't offend them. Is that right? Exactly. Am I understanding? Because we are afraid they are offended. I have some maybe a wordy example. Okay. I said, if I have a friend of mine and we are walking and suddenly we saw deep wet, I saw deep wet in front of ours, my friend didn't see that. What should I do? Should I let him go and fall into that deep well and die mm -hmm. or I should stop him? Mm -hmm. The problem is right now, many Christian people forget about Offending is the point that the people should be offended so that they come to the truth. Right. Because the Bible said the truth shall set them free. Amen. Not my words, not my examples, but his word, by his spirit, he can set them free. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm sorry, many Christian agencies even go to Middle East uh, countries. Yeah. And when I they came back, I said... How many people could you did you share the right. gospel? Oh, we didn't share the gospel. Just we hugged them, we loved them, and we had 
uh, lunch, dinner with them, we play with them. I said, did you share about the word of God? Mm. No, no, we thought maybe they are offended. Right. Whoa. So, so you're addressing, you're addressing one, a uh, technical problem. The decision is made to not share the, the, the word of God, that Jesus, the son of God, that God is a father or heavenly father. Again, this is contextualization. Uh, they, they believe that you know, Muslims would not understand the concept, which is false because you and I were Muslims and we understood the concept that God is our father, that Jesus, is the son of God. And yet he is, he is both divine and a man. Uh, the, the, the word, you know, as you said, God became flesh. The second issue you're, you're raising which I think goes to the issue of the social gospel. Exactly. Because the social gospel is emotionally driven. So the second issue you're sharing is that they're afraid to offend. Right. Even though Paul says in Romans 9 that the gospel is a rock of offense, you're saying, well, because they're afraid to offend, they don't want to say these things because the Muslim may get upset. How dare you tell me that God is a father or God is a son? And, and we know that they, they pray this in their daily prayers from Surah chapter 12, uh, 112 verse 4, that Allah is not a father nor is he a son. He doesn't beget. So uh, instead of being bold and sharing this with them, we're actually accommodating their false belief. Exactly. We're actually uh, continuing to uphold their false belief. Right. Can you understand Folks, this is so dangerous because not only are we compromising the gospel on our end, we are in uh, prohibiting or, or, or potentially uh, limiting them from getting saved exactly. because they're not hearing the true gospel. Right. And uh, the last thing that I want to mention is not only that, we are telling them to many, many, many Muslim people, oh, we worshiping the same God. So if we are worshiping the same God, how come in Quran it rejected the sonship of Jesus Christ, right, right. his death and his resurrection, and now we have the same God? Impossible. It's impossible exactly. that it can be the same God because, as you said, in the Quran, it rejects the divinity, it rejects the trinity, it rejects the crucifixion and the resurrection. Folks, there is, it, there is no way it is impossible that Islam is Abrahamic, that, that uh, there is a common word, there's a common ground. Uh, it is impossible. Pastor Mark, we're actually, all, we're almost out of time. This went so fast. But uh, we need to discuss in another program uh, th this question that I had about reform because uh, it's very concerning to me what's going on. Another, because this is, I believe, another uh, problem with missions. Sure. If we believe that the version of Islam that we're seeing in the world that is persecuting Christians and and and, and increasing anti-Semitism towards Jews, the people of the book, if we believe that that is somehow a radical version and that Islam can be reformed, I believe that is going to hinder our boldness. Exactly. Um, any last words you can give our, our, our listeners to encourage them uh, sure. with sharing Christ with anybody, but yeah. especially with Muslims? Yeah. I want you to not be afraid, pray for Muslim, and tell them the truth. And also be sure that they cannot change Islam as a reform. Because if they change it, they should change the Quran. Yes. So if they change the Quran, for example, if they right now in Saudi Arabia remove the sign non-Muslim, would go to this way, then I believe that they... That's right. That's right. Exactly. So, folks, don't be afraid. 
Pray for God, the boldness of the Holy Spirit. The problem of Islam is not going away. That's why God is raising up these type of ministries in these in these last days. We have to boldly share the gospel. So thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. Pastor Mark, thank you for being with us today. What a blessing it is to have you to co-labor. And again, folks, hayataabadi.org. Uh, check it out. Pray for them. Support them. Or go to our website, tillproject.com. And under the resource tab, you can find information. So thank you again for being with us today. Lord bless you, and we will see you next time on the program. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.